Hey, Financially Savvy Travelers, and welcome to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. This is part two of the Travel and Wellness Series with Tangia Renee. Tangia is the host of the Skin You're In podcast, so make sure you guys go and subscribe and show her some love. And she is a woman's empowerment speaker, a certified personal trainer and coach. She really prioritizes self-care and helps her clients break up with diet culture. In this episode, we're going to cover a bunch of things, including how to budget for trips, tips for prioritizing your goals and your values and aligning those values with your spending, how we figure out our typical travel costs. Tangia shares with us how to find gyms nearby to your accommodation and what to pack to protect your health when you travel. Now, before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to share some couple of fun, cool announcements. So shout out to everyone who has been leaving me reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. You guys are really helping to put the thought card on the map and I love you guys so much. So thank you for your support. Now, another way for you to show your support for the podcast is to join us on Patreon. So Patreon is my uh, exclusive community where I'm going to be sharing lots of behind the scenes of my upcoming trips. So if you know or don't know, I'm heading to China in a few weeks and I plan to document my trip and share postcards and photos and videos and all the tips and things I've learned from my China trip with my Patreon community uh, there. So I would love it if you would head over to Patreon, go over to podcast.thoughtcard.com forward slash support and you can uh, definitely help support the show. Now, if you have listened to my show for a little while, I talk a lot about Digit. Digit is one of my favorite micro savings apps. It helps you save your spare change and I use it all the time to save for trips. So right now, as I head over to China in a couple weeks, I'll be using some of that money to go shopping. Literally, my friends have been like, pack one bag of stuff and another bag of things to bring back home. So I've been using Digit as my secondary travel fund so that it could help me to go on shopping and all these interesting, cool things, uh, food markets and night markets and things like that, which uh, the cities in China are really well known for. So if you're interested in signing up for Digit, I have a $5 promo code for you. So you get $5 today by signing up by heading over to podcast.thoughtcard.com forward slash digits. All right, guys, that is it for announcements and intro for the show. So let's dive into this great conversation with Tangier Renee. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. Yeah, and I think this conversation is going to be really insightful, especially for me, because since I'm coming from the financial angle, I'm not usually thinking about wellness. And I know even before we started recording, there were some gems that you're dropping, Tangia, that I was like, okay, we need we need this in our lives. So I'm really excited to talk about wellness and travel and how that all incorporated together. Yeah, me too. Um, I think it's a lens that it's not really approached from very often. And, you know, like you, you have, you made some notes around like some 
some budgeting stuff, some app stuff. And I was like, wait, I don't know anything about that. Yeah. So let's start off with how we can really get a handle of in the planning stages of planning a trip. So what are your thoughts in how are you budgeting for your trips? I know you actually just came back from Dubai. So that's like, a. I think it's fresh in your mind. How did you budget for your trip to Dubai? Well, I always know that, so Dubai is is sort of a normal part of my life, not sort of, it is a normal part of my life <laughs> um, because my family is um, half Saudi. And so I spent, I've spent a lot of time going back and forth between the US and the Middle East. And Dubai is just a favorite vacation spot for my family and I. So when we're going to travel as a family, we tend to meet up in Dubai. It's just an easy location for us. Um, so that's what we do. And everybody loves it for, you know, its own reasons. So I always know that every year that that's probably going to be something I need to budget for. And so I'm just intentionally all year long you know, socking away, squirreling away a little bit of cash into my Dubai travel fund because I just know that I'm going to do that. I also am, you know, I like to use certain credit cards that give me travel points so that I can plan way ahead of the dates as well as far ahead as I can. And then I'm just really good at being able to find the best air flight deals because that's where your money really goes. And I don't like to, I don't like to spend money on um, airlines. I don't want to overpay. That's really important to me. Um, I always feel like I'm getting scammed by the airlines. So I'm very conscious about how much I'm paying on those tickets. And, you know, I go to all these different apps and I set up alerts. And so when the ticket price drops, I strike immediately (laughs) because I want the lowest possible flight ticket that I can get my hands on because I want to be able to spend money on the experiences while I'm there. You know, I want to be able to eat at the restaurants that I want to eat at. I want to try all the latest gyms. I want to go to a spa and figure out a general rule of thumb is like, what is the cost of doing things in that place? If I want to go to spas, which I always do, every time I go, I'm I'm going to get a massage. I'm probably going to get a facial. I'm going to pamper myself. And so I need to figure out what that cost is where I'm going. Yeah. I mean, you talked a lot about a bunch of different things that I cannot wait to unpack. The first thing you touched upon is that because you know that Dubai is the destination that you go to every year, you actually have a travel fund devoted to that trip. And throughout the year, you're squirreling away money. And that's exactly why, for me, one of the biggest parts, and I think one of the first things that if you want to travel more and afford to travel more, you should be creating a travel fund, which is simply a separate big account devoted to your savings for travel. So at the end of the day, when you do find a good flight deal or when you do have to start spending money for your trip, you already have that money stashed away and you don't have to dip into other funds like your mortgage or your rent or other important things in your life. So I think having a travel fund really sets you up for success in your finances because you know that that money is devoted to travel and you spent all year making sacrifices to save up for it. So that's really great. Yeah, and for me, it's it comes back to setting intentions and making empowered choices. You know, for clients that I work with on their wellness and on their fitness, we spend a lot of time 
talking about empower choices and what does that mean to you? And, and I really don't believe that having a healthy lifestyle means that you live your life restricted all of the time, that you know, you're never eating the foods that you really enjoy. You're never doing the things that you really enjoy. What I think it is, is that you just make intentional choices and you choose between what's most important to you, what is going to get you to the life that you really enjoy, the thing that really makes you happy, and let go of the things that just don't serve that. And so I can give up certain things in my budget that don't serve that end purpose, that don't serve that intention. And I don't feel like really that I'm making sacrifices. I just feel like I'm planning for the best life that I can. Exactly. Another thing that came up for me during our conversation is that when you're deciding on what to spend money on, for example, you value hotel stays and being able to pamper yourself while you're abroad and you're not really valuing the airfare, that's because you know, your priorities align with the things that you value and you're going to spend, you're more likely to want to spend more on the things that are important to you compared to me, especially me. I can take the cheapest flight anywhere. So I totally agree with you on the cheap flight thing. But then when I get to destination, I want to have the funds so that I can go on these tours and go on these wineries and do all these different things and have having these experiences. But again, everyone has to figure out what their travel style is and what they value and how they can make their travel funds stretch a little bit further for sure. Absolutely agree. And I think before you even get to the point of planning your budget and thinking like, what is this going to cost me? I think it it, ha- it comes back to figuring out what's going to make you happy. Like, what do you really need? Ask yourself the question, how do I want to feel? How do I want to feel while I'm on this trip? And when I get back, how do I need to feel about this trip to know that I got my money's worth? What is it going to take? For some people, that means they're just going to go lay on the beach for a week or two and they want to do absolutely nothing. They just like want to lay on the beach and drink drinks that have little umbrellas in them. And that's fine. But if that's what it's going to take for you to feel like you got your money's worth, that you had the experience that you needed to have to make yourself happy, start there. But I think what I see people doing, not just when they're trying to plan a trip, but just in their lives in general, and this is something that I work with my clients on all the time, is there's not a lot of intention. There's not a lot of thought or self-awareness around what they're really creating or around the choices that they're making. Everyone's just so busy and there's so much coming at us that we tend to just default into things. And by not making a choice, we are making choices, right? And so what I tell people is when we're talking about making empowered choices, we're really talking about what, how do I want to feel? Who do I want to be in this life? And when you come from that lens, it's easy for me to say, oh yeah, I'm going to splurge on a nice hotel room and I'm going to splurge on the spa. And so because I know that that's what really makes me happy, I'll fly economy class all day, every day. (laughs) I don't mind taking, you know, the red eye. I don't care, (laughs) you know, and it's different for other people. I have, you know, some, you know, people that are close to me, they're like, no, I have to fly business class. It's just, that's what I value. I can't stand to be uncomfortable on an international flight. I'd rather pay the money for business class than something else. You know, I'll sacrifice all year. I'll sacrifice something else so that I can fly business class. And business class is nice. Like I've flown business class before. It's, it's definitely a treat, but 
you got to know what really matters to you, what really lights you up and how you want to show up in that space. So when you're actually planning out the budget for your trip, how are you doing that? Are you looking up costs for places or are you just saying, this is how much money I've saved and this is what we're doing? Like, this is all I have and this is what I is my budget. What are, what are your thoughts in terms of your budgeting process for planning a trip? What I do is I will pick the location. Um, because again, I'm trying to come from a place of what's the experience that I want to have, what's really going to make me happy. And so like a lot of people, I have my list of places to go and, and things to do. And um, my husband and I will basically sit down and go, so what is it this year? Like what aligns with our goals? Are we doing big travel this year? Or are we doing little travel this year? Uh, for us, travel is always a part of our life. Little travel is are we staying domestic? Big travel is we're leaving the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> um, so once we decide that, uh, we just pick our location. And then we backwards plan from there. Um, so for example, we are planning, not this year, um, I think we planned it for two, we're thinking two years from now, is uh, a little city called Costa Mesa in Spain. And... That just came up a few months ago. We just sort of found it and we're like, oh, we've never heard of this place. It seems amazing. This is definitely going on the list. So we pick the location first and we backwards plan from there. And then we do some research around what's the best time to go according to the weather pattern in that region. You know, I don't want to go anywhere and be in the monsoon season. <laughs> so we figure that kind of thing out. I love that. That is actually very different from what I do. <laughs> But I think I'm definitely going to be moving towards that because now I actually have a partner and my travel style is changing a lot because of the life that we're creating together. So me, pre-partner, I have always been following the flight deals and it's very random. I really let my money dictate where I go. And I mean, that that process has really led me to some amazing places that I never thought I would be able to go to like Oslo and, and Sweden and just so many different places. So I do like the spontaneity of following the flight deal. But again, when you have a partner, things are changing and now we're being a little bit more intentional, like, okay, we want to do one big trip a year. And what does that destination look like? What do we want to do together? And that's definitely a lot different. But for me, what I have been doing before is I really let my travel fund dictate where I go. And because I have, I pretty much save for travel every pay period, I'm able to hop on the flight deal. And then once I'm actually, I booked my flight, then I start to figure out, okay, am I staying at a hostel? Am I staying at an Airbnb? Am I using points for my hotel? And then I kind of use whatever I have in my travel fund to kind of, that's my spending and everything else fits in there. But again, like I said, it's definitely changing and we're definitely being more intentional, especially now that I have a partner. But also if you're flying with your family, a lot of trips that I've been on have been solo, so I can really wing it that way. But when you're flying with your family or with friends, it's definitely a little bit different. You have to plan a little bit more than, you know, and it's like you have to kind of be considerate of what other people want um, to a certain extent compared to when you're flying solo, which a lot of my trips have been in the past. So so I definitely see both sides of the coin. Um, if you're a solo traveler, there's definitely a lot, I think a lot of freedom there and you could really decide which avenue you want to go to, but either way, you're still going to travel. You're still going to have an amazing time. So I love both approaches. 
Yeah, I think they both work. And I think if we're we're thinking about, you know, creating an intentional life, something that really supports the lifestyle you want to build for yourself, sometimes spontaneity is 100% the way to go. And I know for my spouse and I, we love to be spontaneous in our travel, but that's going to tend to be something close to where we live. We live in Denver. um, So there's several times throughout the year, it'll be like Tuesday and we're like, you know what, let's get away for the weekend. Sometimes we'll just stay in our own city. And, And I love this app called Hotel Tonight. It tells you all of the best deals on hotels based on location. So if you find yourself stranded in a city or you just want to get out of your own house and go to a really cool local hotel, someplace that's driving distance from you, I've we've gotten like five-star hotel rooms for less than $100 on that app. It really just, for me, it depends like, is what is the lifestyle that matters to you most and, and how do you you know, have intention around that. So I actually haven't been to Asia before. And that's because my, I'm always going on these shorter trips and hopping on these flight deals. But again, as I move forward, like one of the big trips that my boyfriend and I want to go to is Japan. And that's not a spontaneous trip. We need to have two weeks of planning and it needs to be so intentional. We definitely want to do it in a way where we're both really happy on the experiences. So there are pros and cons. There are definitely pros and cons. Like, like I said, again, like I haven't been to Africa. The furthest I've been to has been Ecuador. But besides that, I'm limited by my funds. But again, if you're planning with destination in mind and you, you're figuring out your budget, you can definitely do the things that you want. It might take a little bit longer for sure, but I do love that strategy. So when you're actually planning your trip and you're looking for things to do and how much things cost, what are some other resources that you're using to plan it out? I'll do some basic research. Like I'm not a very, a super planned person. You know, I don't plan every detail of a trip. I'm not the one that shows up with an agenda. <laughs> like on Tuesday, we're doing this. And there's, I don't like that. <laughs> That's just like, I feel very controlled by agendas and I, I don't like to do things that way. But I will do some basic research and, and hop online and I'll say, okay, this is the hotel a lot of the reason why I pick a hotel is because it is either a close to where I plan to work out. It's in an area where I feel I'm going to be comfortable either working out outside, like going for a jog in the morning. It feels safe for that. Um, or it's going to be close to a gym that I want to try out or they have a really good fitness center on site. Um, so that's one thing that I consider. And I always Whatever hotel I'm thinking about, I go to their website because I find that apps uh, for hotels don't, they don't do a great job of talking about wellness (laughs) and, you know, those options. So I go to their website, I geolocate them, I tend to look around like what's a walking distance around that place that I'm staying that it's a restaurant that I can get something healthy to eat. There's like a smoothie bar. There's a gym. There's something. I don't need everything to be right there next to wherever I'm staying, but I need to have a general idea of where stuff is. So I just do that. I, I think, again, from the lens of what's most important to me, and I say, what is in this location that supports that? Do you find that like hotels that offer like a really good fitness center are more expensive than hotels that don't even offer a gym at all? Not necessarily. We've gotten great deals at 
like there's some, I think it's Weston's, like Weston's hotels, you know, they're a large chain. You can get a great deal at a Weston hotel. I would call them sort of a middle of the road hotel chain. Um, but they're doing this thing now where you can, they have Peloton bikes in their fitness centers. They typically have like two or three Peloton bikes in their fitness centers. Um, but you can get a Peloton bike rented and delivered to your room. It just really depends on the hotel itself. Some of them are really wanting to cater to people that care a lot about wellness. So they will spend extra on their fitness center. Um, especially if it's a hotel that caters to a lot of business travels, they tend to have better um, fitness centers, more options that are dedicated towards wellness. Yeah. I mean, I just came back from Curacao and they didn't actually, the whole time I said, and didn't have a fitness center, but I could actually run to the beach and it was like a three mile run. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, and, and that's something that I'm also very intentional about. Like, that's the one thing that I love to do when I'm abroad is to run and wherever I'm traveling to. So Again, making sure that wherever it is, it's not like on a highway or like, you know, like some sketch neighborhood. Yeah, Yeah, you want to feel safe. And also, I think for me, running is a great way to sightsee. So not only have I run in Curacao, but I ran in Rome. And I mean, when you're running at six o'clock in the morning, there's no one around. You're the only person in these beautiful sites. And of course, I would always advise running you know, when it's sunlight outside and always like keeping a credit card and your photo ID with you as you run, just in case if there's something that goes wrong, at least you have ID and at least you have some cash Um, and your phone, of course. So those are definitely things that I look at and definitely running outside is free. So uh, that's always always a, a good thing. So can you share some tips with us on how we can like find gyms nearby to where we're staying and like how do you like, do they pretty much like charge you per day or per session? Like, how does that work? Um, yeah. So in terms of finding a place to work out, if you want to go to a gym, wherever you're going to go, I would, first of all, just give it a Goog, you know, hop on Google, put in the location of where the location that you're staying and put in fitness center or gym as the keyword search and see what pops up on Google maps. Um, and then you can, go to their website. Sometimes, you know, they don't say a lot of the time on their website what it costs to just do drop-in. You're typically going to have to call them. Another thing to do is if you're not finding anything that seems like it's a good option, just call the concierge. at the If you're staying at a hotel, just call the concierge. And if you're doing something like an Airbnb, whoever that property manager is, typically is going to have a pretty good sense of what's nearby. Um, so I would just you know, give them a call or send them an email or whatever the thing is. And that's how I find some really good things. Um, That way the concierge knows the area really well. You know, I do as much research on my own as I can just because it's quicker that way. And then as far as like what they charge, and if you're going to, you're going to spend some money. Like this is one of the things about traveling that you have to be aware of and how it impacts your budget is gyms um, make money on their memberships the number of memberships they have. They don't really make anything for people who are just dropping in for a few days. So you're going to pay more. Um, most gyms are going to co- cost you about $20 a day, maybe more depending. If it's a higher-end gym, they'll charge you more. It'll probably be more like $30 or 
I went, I saw one gym that was like 50 bucks a day. And I was like, you're out of your mind. (laughs) At most, I'm going to be here two hours. You're out of your mind. Um, But there are some gyms that they know they have, you know, they're in a high tourist area or they have, they cater to a lot of business travelers. Well, they will have a package deal where you can get a week at a better rate if you buy the full week or something like that. Um, And this is the case for a city like Dubai. You know, it's, Tourism is a huge part um, of their economy. So the gyms that are closest to the the touristy areas, like JBR, if you're if anybody's going to Dubai, JBR is like the place that you should go. The gyms there will have a package deal where you can get a week membership for I don't remember. I think it was like 15% off the normal drop-in rate or something like that. Um, But those are things to consider because you can blow your budget just by going to a gym and then you feel, I've done it before, and then you feel kind of dumb at the end of it. (laughs) Right. So can you talk a little bit about when you're doing your research and you're doing the geotags and taking a look at the neighborhood, how do you know if you're getting good vibes from a neighborhood versus like it looks a little sketch because when you're looking at the Google maps, it could be hard to tell sometimes. Um, So I put it, I will Google neighborhood reviews. TripAdvisor also will have pretty good reviews of people going like this neighborhood was not awesome or that, you know, that kind of thing. So I always check those two things to see what's coming up. I love that. That's something that I've never done before. So that is definitely resourceful. And do you read any like blogs or do you use Pinterest at all to do some searching in terms of like what you're going to do when you're at destination? No, (laughs) I know that I should, but for me, that's like an extra step um, that I just don't tend to take. Um, I mean, I guess if it's a place that I've, I really, really don't know at anything about, like, I've just never been there. Like this past summer, we were in Thailand. I have, it was my first time in Asia. And, you know, I, so I'm like, I don't even know what to expect. I've never been to an Asian country before. So that, that time, yes, I did read some blogs and I was like, okay, I have a sense of what the culture is like. And so that made me feel confident heading into that space. But generally, I don't. And I should. I definitely should. I would recommend it to most people, actually. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I I mean, I'm a blogger. So I'm a travel blogger. So I definitely read blogs ahead of time before I go. But just in case if I'm like kind of in a pinch and I don't really have time to do a thorough research, I just go to Pinterest. And Pinterest is just like a search engine. And you could type in something like Dallas Foods and you'll find all these pins and all these blogs of bloggers that are talking about the food place that they've been to. So I would recommend reading blogs and using Pinterest. And if you're actually like unsure of how much things cost the destination, I highly recommend budgetyourtrip.com. That's where I go to kind of find how much does it cost to, you know, order a beer or how much does a, a pack of eggs cost or something like that. So those are uh, a lot of the resources that I use to kind of help give me a clearer picture. But then um, what I like to do also on my site is that after I go on every trip, I like to do budget breakdowns where I review all of my receipts and I share them with my audience. So at least if you go to my site, you'll see how much a trip costs to go to Oslo or Dublin or, you know, that's realistic numbers. But if you are looking for more, there's a lot of information out there pretty much. I love that. I've never 
I've never even heard of budgetyourtrip.com, but that's going to be my new favorite thing, I think. <laughs> yes. They give you like, a, I mean, they also tell you like, if you are a high-end traveler, how much things will cost. If you are a low-budget traveler and just like generally like what things cost at the supermarket and all that. So it's really gives you a, a clearer picture of how much things will cost when you get there. So you're not really surprised. So I have a question for you. What's the trigger for you to say this is a hostel stay situation versus this is an Airbnb or some, or a hotel or, or whatever the thing might be? So I would definitely say, who am I traveling with? If I'm traveling solo, I'm more likely to stay at a hostel, especially if it's a longer trip. Because when you're at a hostel, you're really at a social environment. So you're going to be meeting people and you're not really going to be spending a week in Dublin alone, right? Because you're going to be meeting people. So that's really why I would go for a hostel. Also, it also depends on like the city I'm going to and is it a city that I'm going to be super busy and not really going to be in my room at all? Um, or is it a place where I'm going to have a lot of downtime and I'm going to want to stay on the property? So a lot of places in Europe, I just stay at a hostel because I'm not going to be in, in the hotel room. I'll be out exploring all day, all night. And all I really need is a clean place to stay. Um, so that is kind of how I think about it. Now, if I'm traveling with friends, we usually automatically try to go for Airbnb because it gives us a local experience. And, you know, it, it's like, I don't want to bring up like, hey, you want to stay at a hostel with my best friend? Like, that's not cool. You know, <laughs> it's yeah, I think especially when you're traveling with other people, you share the costs so you can you can actually elevate your lifestyle a little bit if you're on a tight budget because you're sharing the costs compared to when you're solo, it might be really expensive to stay at a $150 hotel night every night and you're there for seven nights. Okay. Compared to a hostel, it might be 30 nights, $30 a night. So there's a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. And with my bae, I know for sure he's not going to stay at a hostel. So, yeah, you know, so mine that- isn't either. <laughs> he's like, no, <laughs> I can't even bring it up. Like, he'll be like, uh, what is that again? Like the movie hostel? Like, that's not- <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely like, for example, I'm heading to Austria in May. But before I get to Austria, I'm going to be spending a day in London. And I'm actually thinking about staying at a hostel because it's really I land on a Monday, on Tuesday, I'm heading to Austria. So there's really no need for me to, you know, spend a lot of money on a fancy hotel stay, or maybe at that point I'll use hotel points, you know? So Mm -hmm. definitely like the budget, the budget constraints are something I definitely look at. And it really depends on what my intentions are for that time being. Yeah. Again, like we were saying before, I think it's just important in understanding what is the experience you want to have? What are you trying to create here with this trip? and plan from that lens and whether you do it based on a pot of money you already have or the way that I tend to do it which is this is where we're going how do I pay for that (laughs) you know I think it makes a huge difference um what would you say is your like number one tip for planning your budget when you're traveling I would say my number one tip would be to do your research ahead of time so that you have a framework of at least what are the top things that you want to see and do. Because like a lot of things that you want to see and do might cost money. So I would say if you know, let's say five things you want to do that's going to cost money, you can center your trip around that and center your budget around that. 
for me, I found that when I don't really know what I'm doing before I get there, I'm more likely to spend a lot of money because then you fall into tourist traps and things like that. But then again, like I don't like to do overboard. Like I'm not a super duper huge planner as well, but I do have my hit list. Like I want to see the Eiffel Tower. I want to go to the Louvre. I want to go to Montmartre when I'm in Paris. And I just kind of lead my trip based off those three things. And then I kind of like, you know, just be open to, to just letting things happen. And for me, I also like, in terms of like things I like to save money when I'm traveling, I love viewpoints. So if I can climb up to the top of somewhere on the mountain or something and go to see the city down below, like that lights me up. And a lot of these times, these viewpoints are free. So if you are on a budget, think about the free things that you would really enjoy. Maybe you like to go to museums and they, they have a free museums the night that you're in town. Like definitely take a look at that. I love viewpoints. I also love free walking tours as well. Um, they're usually like tip what you want, like you really supporting the, the, the tour guides. So I do things like that to kind of conserve my budget so that I can do the things that are awesome, like the food tours and, you know, go on day trips or rent a car or something like that. So that's, that's my budget. That's my budget tips. What are the apps that you use? All right. So yeah. So when we're saving money in terms of even before you're planning your trip, but just trying to save money, there are a ton of apps right now, which are savers, best friends. So for example, you could use an app like Digit. So Digit is a micro savings app with what it does. You connect it to your bank account and after every purchase, it takes your spare change and puts it in the Digit app. And over time, it grows. And the awesome thing about Digit, not only does it save for you, but you can also put little goals in your app. So you can say, I want to save $200 to get a beautiful outfit to go to Dubai or something like that, you know? Or I want to have $20 to treat my husband to a really nice candlelight dinner. And it does it automatically. And I love automation because you don't have to think about it. So over the past year, I've saved over $1,000 through the app without even thinking about it. So that's really cool. I also recommend if you're into micro investing apps, you could download the app like Acorns or Stash. So that's where you kind of investing in stocks or ETFs. So your money's kind of like working for you. And um, that's also a, a good way to grow your money. And I also always say that instead of putting your travel savings in a local bank that gives you 0.001% interest, put your money in a high yield savings account. And at most online banks have online like high yield savings accounts. So you're getting like 2.5% interest or something like that. So it allows your money to grow. So I would say definitely put your emergency fund or your travel fund in something like Alibank, Capital One, Simple. Those are all great options as well. Yeah. Plus you can't access them as easily, which yes. I think is good. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I use, I do that as well. I have, you know, an online bank for saving. So I know that before this conversation, we we're talking about like the wellness items that we should include in our travel budget. Can you recommend some things that if you're thinking about wellness that you should definitely include when you're packing? Absolutely. I think this is a really important part of planning because you know, the, the actual travel part, the airport, the plane, the to and from, like all of that causes stress. And a lot of people can get sick from traveling. I mean, you're coming into 
a new set of germs that your immune system might not be ready for. You put that on top of the stress that travel causes, especially if you're traveling during a high travel time, like the security lines. And if something goes wrong at the airport or they lose your luggage, like what? Like it's also very stressful. Um, and all of that can really compromise your immune system. And so if you're going to take the time to budget for a trip and put all this intention and planning about it, you want to feel, feel well, right? Like you literally want to not be sick <laughs> when you're doing it. And so there's some simple things that you can do to protect your wellness that you should include in your travel budget. And these are things that you're going to mostly put in your carry-on bag with you or do to plan ahead to make sure that your immune system is strong and kicking and you don't crash and burn before you get there because I don't know about you, but I've definitely been in that place where I get to my destination, then I'm sick for the first three days, and it's the worst thing ever. Or I get back and I immediately crash, and I'm sick for the next week, and it's like, I wish I hadn't even gone on vacation (laughs) after that. So what do you do, right? How do you protect your health? I think this is really important. So number one is In planning ahead, one of the first things I always do and I tell people to do is get a box of the emergency packets. Um, And they don't have to be the emergency brand. Like, you know, Target has their own brand. All the stores have their own brand. But they're the vitamin C, um, vitamin D little powder packets that you just put into your water and you drink them and they help boost your immune system. And vitamin C is really important for that. And the thing about vitamin C is it doesn't really do anything for you after you got sick. And then I bring them with me as well because I I just want to finish out that whole packet. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm taking care of my immune system, especially if, if your travel is packed with events, you're probably not sleeping a ton, you're probably not hydrating very much. If you're someplace and you're drinking a lot of alcohol, you're definitely not hydrating and that can be very taxing on your immune system. So I'll take them, I'll just, you know, I just throw the extra in my luggage and I drink them while I'm on the trip because I want to prevent myself from getting sick at any point along that leg, right? Anything could happen. If you suffer from seasonal allergies, make sure you have allergy medication with you and if you're even if you're traveling through places that can irritate your allergies, I recommend that you put it in your carry-on and the the night before you leave you t- you pop an allergy pill. So make sure you have those simple things in your budget that you've planned for to have with you. The other things that I think are really important that you think about and include in your budget to carry on with you are things to eat. Uh, something to drink. So a a travel water bottle that you can fill up at the at the airport because you will be dehydrated just from the travel. Like you're not going to get enough water on the airplane, especially if you're on a long flight. Like they just don't they won't give you a, a complete bottle of water. <laughs> they give you these little like 3 ounce things and it's not enough. <laughs> so you're going to be dehydrated. Airplane food, um, I find for me personally, and I hear from a lot of people, is just bloats you and makes you so gassy. And here's the thing with airplane food. So I used to know somebody, um, a, a close family friend whose parents worked for the airlines and food services for, I don't know, 30 years or something. Um, and they were part of the crew that prepared the food. And, and although the food might taste good, it has preservative in it because it has to. 
they you know they don't they're not making the food fresh right before it's boarded on the plane. It's sometimes made the night before or very early that morning before it makes it to your plane. So it has to keep for that day or sometimes a full 24 hour period. So it has preservative in it and it can really, really bloat you. So I plan ahead and I bring things with me that are healthy snacks that aren't gonna make me feel heavy, that aren't gonna make me feel bloated. And if I can avoid eating the airplane food, I will because I just know how it's going to make me feel. And I care a lot about how I feel, right? Like I don't want to get to where I'm going and feel crappy for the first day. You know, all the things that you're saying to avoid, that's all me, bloated, <laughs> dehydrated, headaches. Yep. Like I just, I'm just never comfortable. So I think this for this list definitely just helps me to kind of have a checklist. And also when you're bringing your own snacks with you and you're bringing your own proteins and, and you make sure you have a water bottle. You're saving so much money at the airport, so much money. Like you can easily spend $15 on chips and like a drink. (laughs) Which is going to make you feel more bloated. It's going to make you feel more uncomfortable because it's, it's highly processed things that your body has to work really hard to break them down. And you, then you're not even satiated at the end of it. You just feel more hungry because of all the salts and preservatives in it. So, you know, take things with you that are actually going to make you feel satisfied. The one thing that I make sure that I always pack is actually a face mask. Yes. So I love my sleep. I love my sleep on the planes, especially when it's like, you know, flying um, overseas. So that's the one thing that I I definitely do. But everything else, I have room for improvement for sure. (laughs) I think traveling with a face mask is a great idea. And I do that as well. Um, The skin on your face is particularly sensitive. So you should have those little comfort items in your bag, you know, that you need to budget for them because they are an expense. Um, but that make you just feel better and support you in, you know, not getting off and feeling like <laughs> you've shriveled into a prune <laughs> because that happens, right? <laughs> and so here's some things that I recommend when it comes to taking care of your skin is light on the makeup. If you like to wear makeup, I don't wear very much makeup in general, but especially when I'm taking a long flight because it's... It just gets, you know, in your pores. And what you don't want to do is use the airplane bathroom water to wash your face. That is non-potable water. It's not for drinking. It's really just like if your hands are soiled in some way, then you can use the soap and water to get it off. But you don't want it on your face. If it's not clean enough for you to drink, it's not clean enough to go on your face. And so I always tell people, and what I always do is I travel with a gentle facial wipe, cleansing wipe. Um, I like the ones from Target, the Target brand, the Up and Up brand. They have a lavender one that I just think is, it just feels very luxurious and moisturizing on my skin. Um, And I think it's about three bucks for a, a, a sizable pack. It'll get you through like an entire week trip. But if you wanted more... Um, you wanted to use them every day, they, those things can get expensive. They add up. What I recommend you do is you go to a TJ Maxx. And TJ Maxx has a beauty section and you can get a big pack of facial cleansing wipes for like six bucks. And you're getting like triple the amount of those wipes that you would get at any Target store or other store. Same thing with 
facial masks. They will have great prices on those facial masks because what TJ Maxx is doing is those are um, overstocked items. So there's nothing wrong with them. It's just the store that they got them from had too many. <laughs> so they turn around and they sell them at TJ Maxx at a much better price. So that's one of the things that I love to do is I go to TJ Maxx ahead of my trip and I grab these little comfort amenities that I can fit in my bag. Alrighty, so that is a wrap for part two of the travel and wellness series with Tangier Renee. But don't fret, we got one more episode in us. We got one more travel and wellness episode left. So be sure to tune in to the next episode, which will be episode number 43. In the meantime, definitely connect with Tangia. She is a boss. You could head over to her website at tangierene.com. Her podcast is The Skin You're In. So hit that subscribe button. Go subscribe to her show. On Facebook and Instagram, on Facebook, she's at the Skin You're In podcast. And on Instagram, she's at Skin You're In pod. So tune in next time where Tenji and I are going to talk about getting back in rhythm and flow with your life. So that is it for today's episode. And I will chat with you guys soon. Bye.